0: According to me, look at that, oh, we're on our own channel this time. Yeah, this is it has been a while. I know.
1: How are you this afternoon?
0: Very well. Happy Easter. Yeah, likewise.
1: We're uh, having an Easter beer.
0: Very uh, appropriate.
1: Yep. So this is uh, hashtag freebie from White Rabbit. The, I don't know the name, the official name of it. It's their dark ale. The bottle's over on the bench, but
0: uh, I'm going to get it. You want to go and get it? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll fill. It's their Easter beer that came with some delicious uh, panna chocolate. Is that correct? Yep. Chocolate stout. <laughs> chocolate stout. Uh, limited edition
1: barrel haul release. Caramelized with panna chocolate, then blended back with uh, another beer. I don't know what caramelized means. Chocolate wise? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Caramelized with the chocolate. Do they? I feel like someone has written uh, the copy that this might be in marketing and the. The breweries explain the process, and they've
0: picked up that word and then put it in somewhere. Yeah, right. I can understand that. Five point six percent probably drinks a bit fuller than a bit bigger than that because of the uh, pretty rich body on it.
1: Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, and I was just saying to you, Dave, I think White Rabbit are doing really well. Totally agree with you. Uh, with all the you know putting all the the stuff aside of them moving to from Hillsville and the the buyer and all that stuff, everything I've had from White Rabbit and a chat with Jeremy. I am um, just so impressed with with what they're doing, and this is such a lovely beer. I think the one downside is you can only get it at the Barrel Hall or online at the Moku online. Never, do you know anyone that's used it? That? Uh, I think Glenn from uh, Beer
0: is Your Friend used good it. Fair enough. That's, um, uh, he, he used some beers up. that he wouldn't normally get access yeah, yeah. to. So that makes sense. Uh, do you but, know what the service is like? I think pretty good. Okay. I, yeah.
1: Cool. But. I think a beer like this, you know, you could you could put it in a few select bottle shops and, and really for a brand like White Rabbit that a lot of people that are super nerdy
0: might not think is doing that many interesting things, you could kind of use I that understand to understand that. But it also think they're doing that because they want people to go down to the venue?
1: I think they're doing it because they want people to use Moku.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Do you know what I would like to see um dialed back a bit, Mm -hmm. the use of the word craft, and I know that that's big, but just (laughs) in the particular context of white rabbit chocolate stout, crafted with panna chocolate. Yeah, just take that word out. Not necessarily. It
1: just needs to be with panna chocolate. Yep, exactly. And then panna chocolate could be bigger.
0: Yep, exactly. And you can do a little little more explanation in the um, little blurb on the side of the bottle, but I think that's uh, as... Pointless as handcrafted. Peter, What's handcrafted in craft beer these days? Oh, I don't know. So like,
1: a, there's apartments in Collingwood that are crafted. Yes, I have seen that. Uh, are they ha- I think they're handcrafted apartments. Boutique handcrafted apartments. What is a craft apartment? Um, no, but I sort of understand
0: that more than I understand handcrafted beer. Because people are going in there and like using their hands to put up the walls and tiling and that sort of yeah, stuff yeah, whereas she okay, was yeah. putting stuff in it dragging a bag away i guess yeah, such, such yeah a, a little of percentage hocks. of yeah. the what, i don't know i feel like this is a yeast,
1: yeast crafted is probably exactly total package though lovely beer beer the label looks great
0: uh, i am this is one of the more enjoyable um, chocolate centric dark beers that i can think i've had it's not over the top it's fantastic
1: uh, we've got a little bit of news, not too much, but I'm sure we'll generate some discussion points. Our friends, and I'm sure we've sworn never to talk about BrewDog, oh. they just keep on escalating. Don't, don't they? They, like, they started with um, suing people a couple of weeks ago. They started sending cease and desist notices. And there was an open letter from a bunch of punk bands to them. I've actually asked a friend of mine, um, Joe, who lives in the UK, who's very involved in the punk scene, about, to to give me some thoughts, he's a, he's an English major. He might even be an English teacher, um, and he you know helps volunteers at DIY spaces, plays in punk bands, really involved in the in the scene in a constructive way. And I kind of want to want to get his thoughts on Broodog's punk attitude.
0: Sure. Um, Do we need him though? Like, sure. Like, how long is it until the jig is up? Do they change their mo before? people realise what's going on? I think they should have changed the MO ages ago. I think yeah, I understand that but they've charged on yeah. under that guise well, with people that
1: aren't really. So what was interesting, uh, they had a throwaway comment in their press release when they announced they were selling 22% to private equity, same private equity company that owns uh, PBR in the States uh, and a couple of other smaller breweries and they mentioned that they were looking at opening breweries in Australia. Asia and Australia. To me it looked like just kind of a throwaway pie in the sky comment but um, I think Brews News picked up on it and looking at social media comments around that, people are still really excited. Well, I also
0: remember probably five years ago when on their um, BrewDog website when they would put out shouts for location ideas for BrewDog bars in the future. I don't remember, I mean invariably people would ask for them in Australia and then when they would do their sort of collective response, it was always thrown in there. Never as like obviously solid plans because it hasn't happened yet. But I remember it generated a lot of discussion on the social medias at the time. This was five years ago yeah. and um, there's yeah. yet to be anything materialised.
1: Yeah, I, I think they, they've they put it in writing almost that they would like to open a brewery in Australia. Now they've got investment, maybe they will. I think it'll be very successful because... Their brand, even though I know I think it's complete garbage, and I think their beers are good, but yeah, I, I think
0: like a dog Bar in Melbourne would be good for the scene in general. Yeah, just like it wouldn't be my favorite thing, and I think there's a lot of people that would love it and go crazy about it because that yeah, and it would further the it would further the exploration and popularity of craft beer in the in the area. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we dog done already. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Gee, that's I, a I, quick one. I got
1: nothing else to say. Um, I really hope Joe writes this thing because. He's a very intelligent writer uh, and he's very involved in punk and he did say, and they're using the word punk as a shorthand for rebellion without engaging in the scene. Sure. And I think for someone that, that spends a lot of his you time- I don't think have to be
0: too much of a astute observer to realise that's what's going on. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I think there's parallels with craft beer, breweries lab- labelling themselves as craft beer without engaging in the scene. And I think to us that's important. White Rabbits are probably a pretty good example where they- do engage and get people involved but they are not going to be considered craft under the whatever the CBIA just because, you know, and I think the CBIA have to do
0: that um, but, yeah. So Arbid, you, what
1: I'm getting out of this is White
0: Rabbit are the real punks. Yeah, they're,
1: they're the most punk,
0: yeah. The CBIA is the man and they're going against it. Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know Chris from the <laughs> CBA is listening to this and just, Having a bit of a, a stress right now, a heart attack right now. I think he's right? what the Go forward fifteen yeah. seconds. <laughs> by, <yeah>. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> we'll expand these thoughts next time we chat. Holgate are expanding. Oh, they good have expanded. Segue. Uh, or was it completely intentional? Oh, was it? Okay, no. good work. Uh, they've recently expanded. They've been putting out some sour beers recently. I think to me, everything I've tasted of Holgate recently has been a lot better than than I remember it in the past. Um, they've always made good beer, and now they're making really interesting beer. Um and I haven't but, drank them for years, to be honest. So yeah, likely. they're making they're making some pretty okay. good beer these days. Fair enough. Uh and they they've just expanded and they have a government grant, like a tourism kind of a grant to expand further. Uh and wooden end there. Easy to get to on the train as well. Really easy. Yep. And I think beautiful town as well. Yeah. I think the venue I never loved it. The times I've been there it it seemed like there's a disconnect between the the bear and the venue. I think part of the expansion is kind of tying it all in together. Sure. Uh, so if, that, if they can change that, then that's a destination. Um, Absolutely. Easy to get to from yep.
0: Melbourne on a train. It's a central fixture of the township of Wood End. Uh They've always been good with community stuff. Like all their beers are pretty much named after uh, geographical areas around. Well, they were in the, in the old days. I don't mm. know if they still are sticking with that. But um, Yeah, I don't know what they're I named. Kinda, I kind of like that um, model. Yeah.
1: Tell us about Bolter. What do you got on Bolter?
0: Oh, Corey Cooper sent me an email after I um, was sad on the last, well on the uh, Brendan show, about never receiving um, any emails here, and he uh, advised me that Bolter have dropped a pills nut. That's pretty fun. Yeah, uh, I think
1: that's been on shelves in Melbourne for a couple. Has weeks. it? I haven't yeah. seen it myself. I think we had it at Otters Promise and sold out pretty quickly. Really.
0: Well, how does Bolton
1: normally go at Honest Promise? Maybe we didn't sell it. Maybe we didn't get it uh, oh. pretty well. They they go really well, actually.
0: Just because of the slick marketing?
1: I think so. And when I'm telling, people will look at it and pick it up and then I'll say, oh, you know, McFanning is the
0: owner. Oh, okay. That's pretty fun.
1: And there they're, they're Everyone in. Everyone loves it. It's a good story. Um, and it, as much as I think uh, a bit of cynicism around that story when they first launched, you know, celebrities getting into beer. Um, but the like the legitimacy
0: of how yeah, good the yeah. beers are, hundred percent. Because yeah. I think what n- number three, the XPA came in the hottest one hundred, was it or four? Yeah, three, something there, like yeah. that. Yeah, and um, I hadn't had that particular beer until I saw those results, and that made me go, "Yeah, Ooh, I'll try it." And yeah. it is delicious. Um, and then also uh, mentioning the little hint that was dropped about the new. Uh, yet to be announced core beer, which um, with a purple purple label. trim to the existing marketing theme of the cans. What so does
1: purple say to you, Dave? To me, it says IPA,
0: but I don't know. Uh, I I think
1: yeah, IPA was my first thought only because their range probably could need could do with one. Yeah, but the other thing it could be is some sort of fruit sour. The only reason
0: why I th- that I would think that it would work with a fruit sour is if it is a blueberry or blackberry sour plum. Plump perhaps, mm. but Volume. I think that if you are looking to incorporate um, visual marketing with sour, you're going to use a lighter color with it. Okay. Don't know what I'm talking about, but that's what I feel. I to, it's yeah. a fun com- fun conversation yeah. to speculate on. Okay, fair enough. But appreciate that, Corey. Um, keep them coming. Yeah, I love it. We don't know what's happening in Queensland unless we see like big national releases. So if you hear whispers, if they're true or not, we will put them on air. Yeah.
1: I actually chatted to the guys from Ether Brewing, A okay. uh, E, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, for a story, uh, for a brewery story actually. Uh, really, really passionate guys. Um, they, they, their brew house looks amazing. Their brewery, brewery bar looks amazing. They're in the sort of same area as the new Newstead Brewery, which uh, apparently is l- looking really smick, schmick. Um, yeah, so I think, and I, from chatting to them, they're doing some interesting things up there as well. I, I think you should, people should keep an eye on them, with what they're up to. Uh, yeah, I haven't tried any of their beers yet, though.
0: But yeah, keep an eye, keep your eyes peeled. If you have, uh, I'm only uh, enjoying this beer more, by the way.
1: Yeah, as it warmed, it came out a little bit cold. Yep. You see, Hawks Lager, Dave. I did. What do you think about Hawks Lager?
0: Opportunistic, short-sighted
1: uh, nonsense. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay. They did say they're a craft beer first and foremost was their direct quote. Sure. I think I, I think it comes back to what we're saying about engaging in the scene and bringing diversity. Bringing a gimmick lager mm-hmm. to the scene is not diverse. It's something we've seen many times.
0: But also that lack of awareness, they probably haven't realised they've put themselves behind the eight ball without anyone knowing what their beer tastes like. So it has been- uh, What does bru- behind the eight ball mean?
1: Well, if you're behind, the I know eight, what it means. Well, you have got to have a foul shot, don't you? Because you got to get around the eight ball to get the rest of your. Or does it mean you, you have to? Bumpers, right. Or you have to catch up to whoever is on the eight ball. Oh, yeah. you know, Oh, Oh, uh, getcha. Yeah, so the the other on the eight ball. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, it was uh, the the beer was formulated by Justin Fox, who used to be the head brewer at Colonial, and is now with Pintani. And that dude knows his shit. So, like, that does give me some hope for the actual beer. I think it was brewed at Colonial. I saw some press saying it was brewed in Port Melbourne, and it's going into cans. Okay, and well, the, the only place we know it is Colonial. Off. Yeah, and Justin Fox's involvement. Uh, but as a whole, I think they're trying to get people that drink. Well, the market for that is people that drink VB or Carlton Draft. You know, like drinking beers, smashing beers with the cricket. That market doesn't give a shit about a small brand that they're nope. going to have to pay more money for. Exactly the taste right. probably not too far removed.
0: And their uh, press didn't inspire me at all. Yeah. Bring me something. The press me think marketers that are trying to ride the just ride the wave a little bit.
1: Bring me something interesting
0: or don't bother. Yep. If it's a cracking lager, maybe it might get a foothold somewhere, but mm. it's going to have to be cost effective and delicious.
1: See, for me... The best lager in Australia, I still think, is Bogues. I think that's great, and that's just from a blind tasting, and and that is just mm. so
0: good. So, so you've got to be better than that, or well, more. Or yeah, yeah. Like if if, yeah. if
1: if if I'm gonna sort of go more mainstream to buy a lager, and you know, wanting to give my money to a company that I don't agree with what they're doing, in terms of you know, being a bigger company or a marketing company, I'll go with Bogues because it's delicious. Speaking of investment, Brick Lane Brewery. Did you hear about these guys? Tell me about them. In Dandenong, uh, I can't remember who the investors are, but John Salton is the the brewer. He was head brewer at Bright Brewery. Um, then went to Hawkers. Went to the Hawkers, and now he's he's doing brewing there. Uh, some big name investors. One is Dan Carter,
0: Ooh.
1: All Black Legion Dan. Carter. Oh,
0: I didn't know who he was. Oh, really? Point. Yeah. Oh,
1: he's a fucking champ. Is he? I was a Dan Carter, like who's this young upstart getting in the bloody All Blacks right. at a young age, kicking Andrew Mertens out, All Black legend. I am, got kicked out for yep. uh,
0: DC, can't believe it. Turns out
1: DC is a fucking champ. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. probably probably my, one of my favourite All Blacks of all time. Anyway, uh, uh, Brick Lane, opening up in Dan Long, I think they've got big goals to be a, a big player. A lot of money going into
0: it. So, what are they? Are they doing a big production facility with? Yeah, I think they're doing a brew pub as well. uh, Uh, Not sure what how they're packaging. I think it's in the works. I think uh, that's a very wise idea to have a tap room brew pub. in that area, definitely, definitely. That's it for news. All right, who's our guest? Uh, we're about to, I mean, I don't think we're going to fool too many people if we say that we're not recording this at the same time given the prob- probable background noise, et yeah, cetera. Yep.
1: Um, the fact that he's not here with us right now. True. No. we're drink, not drinking one of his beers. Correct. Uh, and my cat's in the background.
0: <laughs> we uh, sat down last week for a chat with um, Josh Algins from Moondog about all things Moondog. It was a fantastic Evening, uh, and a great chat. I think last time we chatted to Josh, it was maybe episode five or six, yeah, early on. So he was really early on, and I think we touched on uh, some possibilities to the future of what Moon might hold. Did they uh, unfold as they thought? it's Hard to say, but it was a really, really good chat. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. I actually want up now. I want to go back and listen to the first one. I'm and see. so keen to hear it. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's jump back in with some recommendations at the end of that. Fine.
0: Welcome.
2: That was oh, in we unison. Think, yeah. yeah,
1: good one. After three years we've just established, mm-hmm. we're finally in unison.
3: We're at Moondog in the, what do you call this room, Josh? Josh from Moondog is going to join us. Uh, so this is our uh, new functions and event space, which we call our Ballroom Oasis. Okay. Um, and it's named the Ballroom Oasis because it is oasis-like mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, uh, copious uh, tropical palms that are littered throughout the space. Um, and ballroom because it's got chandeliers. A trio of chandeliers? Yes. Um, so it just kind of makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> it the um, same size as the room next door? Oh, it's, it's broadly the same. Yeah. It's it's because there's no brewery in the back of it, there's, there's a bit more floor space for people. Mm. So it can kind of pretty comfortably hold 120 to 140 people. It's next door... We can get that many people in on grand final day as you guys have ex- experienced. Um, but it's a bit of a shit fight.
1: So, uh, Moondog, how old are you guys now?
3: We're five and a half years old. All right. We just. Um, just out of school. Such just fun age. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just about to hit our 2000th day of being a brewery. Fun. Awesome. Which um, is very exciting. Um, I, I knew the boys. On I don't want to say day one, but batch it was, one. It was more like day 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 minus. Yeah, batch mi- one minus, minus two years. I um, what would those
0: boys from five and a half years ago think of Moon Dog today? Um,
3: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're um, you know, I guess we went into into Moon kind of not really knowing where it would go or what would happen or how we'd do it or any anything really. Um, but we, I guess we, we had a pretty clear view on who we wanted to be and I'm really, um, I guess, I'd hope that the guys back five and a half years ago would be really pleased to see that we're still at, you know, at our core, kind of what we set out to be, which is trying to bring a bit of fun and excitement into 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 the beer world, um, I guess the, the cool thing these days is that we've got a, a really great big team of people that kind of share that vision of how things, uh, I guess that Moondog way of life and it's, um, yeah, I, I reckon that the guys five and a half years ago would be pretty stuck. I got here and I did notice I was getting introduced to a lot of people
0: who were currently working and I thought, gee, there's a lot of people around that... Um, it's probably unfamiliar if you were back in the humble moondog days, but you've got a pretty good team around you.
3: We've got a really great team and it's and it's growing and, um, it's, yeah, it's a pretty exciting time. So it's still a massive shit fight, but, fuck, that would be the case with pretty much any brewery in the country, I would have thought. Um, Brand has changed in those five years. Um, in terms of you probably selling more lager than you ever thought you would.
1: Is it still a lager, Love Tap? Yeah, it's yep. still a lager.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know we, we went into it, I guess, um, into the, the beers that we are making were always changing um, and they were all pretty kind of boundary p- pushing and uh, I guess, you know, in the last little while, there's um, we haven't made as many of those beers as we wanted to and it's been kind of a function of um, a lack of capacity as we were building our new brewery but it's, we're right back into the swing of it. You, you know, you're drinking one of those beers right now, the Del Poca Vista. Um, uh, what, what is this beer? I notice a bit of sourness and maybe a bit of fruit. Yeah, it's a f- Fruits of the Forest Wild Ale. Um, it's um, got blackberries and raspberries and boysenberries, yeah. which I'm very fond of, um, in a pretty tight lactic, hot lactic ferment Um sour beer and I you know, I think it presents really really well it's um, it's a big beer it's you know for, for that style it's it kind of packs a reasonable amount of flavor and um, it should be a nice beer that to, uh, to evolve over time as well um, yeah but yeah we, we're certainly um we we did absolutely have uh, a period where we weren't producing as many out there beers as we as we wanted to Um, But in terms of changes to the brand, I don't don't really think it's changed massively. I think parts of it have kind of evolved um, but the core of it remains ultimately the same which is, you know, we want to make beers that put a smile on people's faces and and provide some excitement and a bit of colour and um, I'd say probably more than anything that it's it's been changes in the beer industry over that period that might – you know, it, it's not really possible these days to be, you know, the, the pointy end is, is much broader than it, it, maybe it once was.
0: Also, I think you've got your tap room here that you've got to have a certain, um, a certain kind of beers to keep people here for a long time, yeah. um, to keep it going and getting uh, – people that aren't as adventurous drinking to try a few things by setting a base of other beers that um are more approachable and yeah you you're absolutely
3: right when when we first opened the um uh, the, the brewery bar here um i recall a point where our lowest ABV beer was 7% on on the, on the tap list it was a f- it was a fucking mess you know <laughs> like it was <laughs> and and you know that's 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 kind of driven um I guess the development of beers that are a little bit more, uh, I guess, lo- lower strength. But I, I think they still kind of, they all have their, their unique character, and um, I think they carry with it, you know, the essence of what we've been about. Even though they, they might not be the most out there beers, you know, beer can, which has been a, um, our, our kind of latest core-ish range beer that we've introduced. Um, it's short. Sure it's four point two percent, and it's a light, pale lager, but it's also really heavily hopped, and it's infused with um, cold pressed peach, mango, and passion fruit juice. We don't overtly say it, but it, it's still a really bloody interesting
0: beer. Yeah, it's, no, it's a great one. Um, do you have your own canning facility here, or are you using East Coast? We're using East Coast. East right Coast, right now, yeah. and are you being able to, are you able to keep up with the demand for that beer?
3: Oh, not not really, but yeah. it's not. Kind of what it's about at this point. Yeah. So sure. um, we're doing, you know, roughly one packaging runner a, a month, maybe a little bit more. And that's, it um, that kind of all just disappears pretty quickly. But um, it's, it's working well. And that
1: uh, beer price wise is, is really attractive. Um, and it's on a 10 pack. Can you sort of talk us through the decision to to go for a 10 pack and, and how that impacts price?
3: Yeah. So, so Kane, um, who looks after our, uh, off from sales in Melbourne, he was getting a heap of feedback from from retailers that ten packs were working really well for beers like um, Cricketer's Arms and you know, those type of things that were put in put in those uh, in that format, and that um, they were keen to see you know someone like us put out a beer in that in that format and. I guess we just thought, yeah, why not? Um, it's not going to – we don't know how it's going to go. We don't know how it's going to perform. But um, I guess if we make a beer that's pretty cool and delicious and smashable and we you know, we, we put a reasonable price point on it, then hopefully it will go pretty well on it. And it has. It's gone – it's gone exceptionally well. So, started.
0: did the feedback to get a bigger format package product drive the decision to make the beer, or did you already have that in mind? No, we had the beer in mind. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so,
3: um, I think it's an awesome beer, and it's a you know we, we've essentially priced it in line with um, with our other core range beers um, uh, in, in terms of wholesale, and it's yeah, it's gone really well
0: just sort of feels like that a lot of the uh east coast canning products that brands are using uh them for are going for that sort of value price point and they're all selling out really quickly so it's mm. gonna it's causing a demand and there isn't enough to keep it up i think it's kind of exciting okay. can, can, cans are pretty hot hey? aren't mm. they yeah, yeah. who would have thought Just about everyone i guess <laughs>
1: <laughs> tell, tell us about your other core range because there's a Few others that I see popping up on tap, which I
3: guess are essentially your core now. Yeah, what's I guess, what's involved. Yeah, so um, uh, as we spoke about three years ago, the um, Love Tap Lager sits in there. Um, still not not as earthy and dirty as it. As no, it it's, it once it's, was. it's it's, it's <laughs> moved to too much much. They're um, yeah, much more approachable, drier, um, brighter kind of um, new world lager. It's still very delicious. Um, uh, old mate Pale Ale is probably the one that's you'd see on tap the most, and that's that's gone really well. It's a it's a it's a great, um, really solid pale. Ale. Um, kind of more in the different, not not necessarily the same as the pales that you necessarily see these days. More at classic Sierra Nevada or Little Creatures Pale, that type of thing. Um, nice big rich malt character pretty decent firm but balanced bitterness you yeah, know not overtly kind of tropical fruit salad hops more kind of cascade driven a little bit piney there is an arms citrusy. race i
0: reckon for that sort of 5.8 uh
3: session
0: ipa pale ale style That is probably a good decision to have something just going under yeah. that a little bit yeah
3: yeah I, I just think it's a really delicious beer and um it's uh, it's not a beer that is chasing, a, you know, a, a, a fad or anything like that. It's, it's a beer, I think, that will stand on its own really well for a long period of time and that's what we're hoping. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I really like drinking. I, I tend to look at what I like to drink as being a pretty good kind of driver for um, what we should focus on. Yeah, not just maybe the entire team yeah, when we're in the bar. What do we like to drink? What are we enjoying? What, and it's you know, beers like Old Mate, Jukebox Hero, which is not a beer that we have really particularly outside of the the brewery. And that's bar draft and only now, is it? Yeah, draft yeah. only and predominantly here. So it's, it's I just, had one
0: before. Best I've tasted
3: it. It's, Ella, it's so yeah, it's it's, there, yeah. It's, it's it's tasting great, and it's um, it's just one of those beers that so much effort. and um, time and expense goes into making it. It's just um, we're not comfortable packaging it, so we don't. What are the um,
0: limitations of packaging Drinkbox Hero that make it, it not like, worth
3: it? We've got we've got a seriously schmiko bottling line, and we get incredibly good low dissolved oxygen rates. And um, but even so, it's once you chuck it in a a bottle starts deteriorating and what I don't want is for the people to pay a premium to drink a beer that is like that and not get the best experience that they they deserve to get. And that's
1: um, chatting to Mountain Goat, for example. They said the same thing with their IPA. They, you know, they'd get it out onto shelves and it would go all around Australia and by the time it gets into state or anywhere, it's it's deteriorating so quickly that – and since they've retired that, they've released more IPAs as small batches or on tap, and so I guess that's the same approach for you guys.
3: Yeah, I, I guess it's even a little bit more constrained uh, um, for us in that we're not we're not putting it in glass at all at this point.
0: Have you thought about jukeboxing a can?
3: We, we've thought about it, but again, um, until we can be a hundred percent comfortable that it's going to hold up, it's just not really.
0: I often push for the plans that I just want. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. It's, it's, it I'm sure sort of there's a lot of more of research behind your reasons than mine, because no, no, <laughs> mine is revolves around gimme, 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 gimme.
3: <laughs> so, so do mine, <laughs> and, and um, we all here want to be able to take home six packs of jukebox. But what we we're not going to put that ahead of you know, having a beer that works in the market in two months' time when it's hitting a shelf somewhere, because that that's kind of it's the pits, isn't it? When yeah. Oh, no one like. There's no
0: worse feeling when you open up an IPA and pour it, and after one sip, you go. <sighs> yeah. It's disappointing. Just yeah. got a six pack of this, and I yeah. don't really want to drink it anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's an IPA,
1: and I can't use it in cooking because it's just going <laughs> to bitter be as hell. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the new brewery. Uh, quite a big expansion for you guys. Yeah. Recently. It's,
3: it's been something that's kind of been on the on the cards for a long time. Um, we kind of. Yeah. As you guys would have seen, um, the the original brewery is, is um, you know it's something that we pulled together from second hand bits of stainless over time, and it's um, it's been a fantastic bit of kit, and we've made a a lot of pretty delicious beer on it. Um, but it we, we we've been maxing it out since about kind of August last year, and we'd been able to see that that point in time coming um so it was really important for us to to find some kind of solution to that obviously expanding it um our capacity was one of the options um of course we could have outsourced some of our production um but we we don't want to do that we've never really had an interest in doing that
0: yeah it doesn't really feel like a moondog thing to do to be honest
3: yeah um and I, you know, people can do whatever they want to do, but it's not—it's not for us. So the the choice that we had was um, build a big brewery, and we were very lucky to 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 come across some some secondhand kit that um, uh, debauchedly up in Griffith were getting rid of, and um, it happened to fit perfectly inside the the factory that. Happened to come up for rent at exactly the right time, and like a lot of the stars kind of aligned, which was, which is awesome. And um, it's taken a, a heap of effort. How and, how big is it? So we're running at about fifty-five heck right now.
1: Wow, um, which is puts you up there with some of the biggest
3: oh, Australia, right? Maybe for brew length, probably not for total <laughs> output. You know, it's, it's, but yeah, you know, we're, we're running it. We're running it a lot, um, and there is a lot of. Um, uh, a lot, a lot of opportunity to you know, just keep on putting out more and more beer from it. It's it's quite um, a flexible system. And it's 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 big. So it, you know, right now we're kind of running it uh, two double batches a week, maybe a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Um, but it could pretty comfortably take us up to you know, running five days a week, three or four batches a day. So that, there's a lot of kind of. Um, opportunity to kind of grow with it w- without having to worry about a further expansion or brew house expansion.
0: And the space in that warehouse is pretty big, isn't it? It
3: it, it fills yeah. up quick. Yeah. It's filled yeah. up pretty <laughs> quick. We're we, we
0: hopefully… Um, have you seen the warehouse, Dave? No, I haven't. Well, i got photos sent to me when you first got your brewery
3: set up. Yeah, I right. thought, Jesus, yeah. these guys are official. <laughs> <laughs> it's officially… Um, a pretty fucking ridiculous big brewery. Um, and again, you know, it's, we've done it our way rather than, you know, get consultants in to tell us exactly how it should be done. It's you know, Carl's kind of masterminded um, that, that project and just done an amazing, amazing job. And you know, as we do, we do things on budgets cause we don't have any money and um, it's, it's gone really well. It's, it's, it's had some teething problems. Um, but it's working, and, and I, the beers coming that's coming out is tasting better than the beers ever tasted before, and um, uh, we're just constantly making improvements, which I'm really happy about. Are you brewing all core on that brewery? Are uh, we brewing uh, the beer can, old mate, and love tap on there? Because um, the
0: one we didn't talk about from the core is oh Mac Daddy, Daddy. Yeah, yeah Mac Daddy,
3: yep, which is um, you know, it's kind of the sleeper in the in the bunch. It's um, absolutely delicious it's a fantastic beer it's um yeah it's not a hugely popular beer in summer but it goes really well in winter so it's just a beer that we're i guess we're really proud of and it's different to kind of anything else out there what is it it's a dark ale um we call it a dark ale essentially it's a dark pale ale with a really lovely um it uses um, crystal hops uh, and it gives us kind of almost melon kind of character. It's know, just delicious. It's um, not overtly roasty or um, it's it's just nice and balanced and we can drink one shortly if you'd like. I'd love to drink one we're, shortly, um, yeah. We're Old Mate and Mac Daddy, uh, Adrian McNulty beers. Yeah, um, look, Adrian does a heap of our, uh, of our kind of beer development. He's, he's fantastic and he's just moved into a new role, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, So I was sort of – Getting towards yeah. What's what's so, how his role uh, changed?
0: Do we do you want to take take a break? Yes, yeah, take you're a break, out?
3: and uh,
1: then we can talk a little bit about Fair Adrian. Enough, I can uh, carry it we'll away. back. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. Now we mentioned Adrian McNulty, uh, who was mentioned on a show I'm not sure when this show's are gonna come out, but we spoke a little bit about him with Brendan from Three Ravens, either the show before this or two <laughs> shows after this. Who knows?
3: Um so now he's he's brewing for you guys. He, and he has been for two and a half or three years now. He's a he's a beautiful human. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's enough we to talk about and yeah. that's perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but so so tell us I guess what he's doing for you now then.
3: So Adrian came in um When our team was much much smaller than it is, I guess these days, Um, uh, he has been um, working. He came in as a a senior brewer, which was his official title, Um, and he's done an amazing job of uh, kind of developing our specialty program, developing our um, our core range. A massive improvements to our brewing processes, being a kind of key part in the development of the new brewery. Um, he, he's just sensational. Because so, he's had some pretty serious experience, hasn't he? He was a head brewer at Three Ravens. He was, yeah. uh, what was. What did he do before that? He, he worked at uh, Grand Ridge and a, a bunch of other places. Yeah, right. but just a, a re- really smart guy. So he's seen um, a lot of um, that, yeah. facilities to draw all that knowledge from. That's right. So he's, um, he's an absolute legend. We love him very much. Um, he's now just moved into a new role as 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 kind of the businesses um, developed. And, um, we could see that we weren't producing as many specialty beers as we wanted, um, and so we kind of bit the bullet and uh, Adrian's uh, moved into a new role leading the I guess the innovation side of the business, coming out with fucking cool new beers and. Uh, just getting us, um, getting us making the beers that we we wanted to be making and want to be making. Um, so he's you know he's possibly got the, the coolest job in in brewing. Essentially, he's got free reign to just run amok and use our fifty liter pilot system, play around with the twelve heck original brewery, and um, we're developing a barrel program. We'll Um, just have a heap of really fun, interesting, different beers coming out in much, much more regular intervals very soon. I feel like his job now is being locked in an office with
1: some metal playing while he just throws ideas at a wall and screams a bit and then comes out with something, walks out of the office and comes out with something great. Similar to that. (laughs) (laughs) He just
3: comes out with a massive grin on his face. Um, It's it's really awesome and it's it's great to be able to kind of – have him solely focusing on that stuff. Um, he's just he has got such an amazing creative mind. Um, and getting yeah, it, it takes time to develop new, different peers. It, it's it, it, it doesn't just kind of appear and go, Oh, yeah, you know, we're going to do this and do that. As you actually think about it, really crafting something that is awesome and, um, Making sure that the concept is kind of backed up by a, a really outstanding execution—that's kind of the um, what's really really important. So you know, we we get to bugger eyes around with our single kegs, and you know, some of them are amazing. Some of them are you know pretty gnarly, <laughs> um, but it's about you know kind of developing our, our um, I guess, our idea of, I guess, the, what the pointy end of beer can be and just making sure that the um, we're learning all the time and coming up with cool stuff that ultimately people get a real buzz out of drinking.
0: So we've discussed, uh, so there's been two of uh, package releases of Adrian's new position.
3: Today. Today, yeah. Today, right. Yeah. We've already discussed the Del Poca Vista. What's the other one? Um, the other one's called a Fine Mess, PH Fine. Um, it's called it a Double and a bit Imperial IPA. Um, it's I – re- I remember drinking a beer a while ago, a long, long time ago, uh, the McKellar 1000 IBU. And what I really loved about that beer – you know, the, the 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 1000 IVU aside um, it was a just a super balanced kind of um, just combination of big malt big hops big bitterness um, and that's kind of what we've gone for here it's it's not it's not a west coast IPA it's not an east coast it's not a new england it's not it's just a big kind of amalgam of big Hoppy, bitter, multi, delicious flavors. Um, so it's it's pretty it's it's a pretty cool beer. We'll grab some shortly. Can I ask um, what
1: your day and, and what Carl's day look like now compared to five years ago?
0: Well, I guess um, you um, start by not waking up in the brewery. I guess right. Yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes I do. Okay, okay. Sometimes <laughs> I do. I know yeah.
3: um, no, no, it's, it's 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 a really different job that I've got in particular these days. Um, Carl is um, he's still the head brewer of the business, so he's very hands on in production and um, you know, developing a quality program and making sure that you know, things are happening right. Um, my my days a bit bit different. I don't I don't get hands on in the brewery anymore. Um, it's more. Making sure that the business is going in the direction that it needs to go, so whatever that kind of requires at any point in time, is kind of what I do. Um, now we're, we're, we're uh, really excited that we've got a uh, we've got a new guy coming on board as our head of sales, which is very cool. Um, Mark Waghorn, who previously worked at um, Mountain Goat, as, um, was with them for six years, and someone that we've got a huge amount of respect for. Um, and I'm really excited to have joining the team. How does that change your day, having someone like that on board? Well, it, it, it'll make a massive difference because our sales team will have someone that can kind of devote their full attention to what they're doing, whereas right now I'm, I'm kind of a 20% sales manager, 20% marketer, 20% finance guy, 20% GM, 20% looking after Tessie, my dog. which is very cute. Um so yeah, you know, it's it's really important that we we we, we get someone like Mark in, in, involved because um, he just pr- brings this kind of wealth of experience, um, developing a business, uh, developing a sales um, capability, and expanding that nationally. Things people like that that have, I
1: guess, seen you know somewhere like Mountago, which is was quite a big operation even when when he left. Um, that kind of almost, for lack of a better word, middle to senior management kind of people that, that are across that is, is having someone that can
3: do those kind of things day
1: to day is probably pretty important, right?
3: Yeah. A, a big thing for us is that realisation that you can't do everything yourself and that your skills only extend so far. Um, and in my case, don't extend very far at all. Um you know the the, the way that we, we we develop this as a business um, is getting people that are, are passionate and skilled and experienced, and bringing them into the fold and letting them do what they do. Um, you know, I, I think we've got great products, and I think we've got a great message, um, and I think it's something that can really resonate with people. And I think in in Melbourne, it, it's it's gone really well. Um, and it's certainly developing and growing um, but outside of Melbourne we don't really have much of a presence, even even kind of rural Victoria, we've got stuff all anywhere um, so it's just ha- about how do you do that in a, in a sustainable way and how do you do it without fucking it up and you know, someone like WAGS can come in and do an amazing job of that.
0: Yeah right, I guess it's because like the connection to your brand is so heavily tied down in Melbourne, it's got to be just tough to replicate that.
3: Uh, yeah, part. it's going to come with its challenges. There's no question about it. But you got to try because it, we we really do believe that we've got something that people will really enjoy. Um, it's we're, we're working really hard on making sure it's something that people really enjoy. Um, and so we've got to give ourselves every opportunity we can to to make that work outside of Melbourne. Yeah. So. With that in mind, what what does the future look like for Mount, uh, for Mountain Ghost? Go- <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: for Moondog? <laughs> You've spent a lot of time at Mountain Ghost. I have spent a lot yeah. of time. I need so never need to go back to there again. It's pretty wonderful.
1: Um, yeah, well, like you know, you're obviously going to be looking outside of Melbourne, and and then say in two or three years' time, where do you want that to be? I
3: I, I want Moondog to be, uh, I guess, as prominent a beer, um, a business and brand, and um, in Australia as I possibly can. It's you know we, we, we want to keep on growing it and we want we want people to to love it and we want people to to enjoy you know grabbing a slab of old mate and taking it to a party and then grabbing you know long necks of del uh, del poker vista and trying something new and we want people you know Taking splice of heaven four packs to a to a dinner party and saying how cool is this? It's you know we, there, there's just so much there's so much development still to happen in Australian craft beer yeah, and we really want to be a massive part of that. Just on that, um, these are the first the two uh,
0: new beers, Del Boca and a Fine Mess, are the first ones going into that long neck format.
3: Um, what's the plan with that? We just we wanted to make sure that when people are that um, they buy a six-pack of Old Mate, it, it felt in the 330s that maybe it was too easy for them to then go to the shop and grab a bottle of perverse sexual amalgam and maybe not get something that they were expecting. So just making that kind of separation, quite, you know, quite visual separation of the different tiers, I guess, for want of a better word, in our product range. Sounds all very wanky. <laughs> oh, no, but it's, no, I they, guess there's a lot of- Part run. of it is, you know, I, I, are fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> I like that more than anything else. But actually. I mean, yeah. there
1: are brands that will consciously split off their, you know, experimental stuff from their core stuff. Is under, like Stone, for example, you know, they've split off a lot of their stuff as the arrogant bastard line and, and that kind of thing. So it's kind of that giving people a divide in your brand kind of a thing. Is that, is that the reasoning?
3: Yeah. Well, like it, it, it's still absolutely- a, um, fundamentally, moon dog. And we're, we're not trying to make it something different. You know, we're quite simple in who, who we are, and we don't kind of compromise that. Don't um, call yourself simple. You're, you're a complicated bunch. Uh, <laughs> I'm a reasonably simple human. <laughs> <laughs> not a huge amount of thought goes into these things. Okay. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more, it feels like the right thing to do. It feels um, like it's going to. No, I can understand that because I was always than. a
0: huge champion of the. Uh, particularly with brand like Moondog having a a universal 330 mil format because you could get uh, 11% barley wine or some weird 8% bock all in the smaller formats and there was a low financial risk associated with it but I wouldn't have bought a six pack of anything so I can understand why you'd want to differentiate that so you can make it an attractive way to go with a six pack offering Hmm. and a single one. Very much
3: yeah mainly about not confusing people sure i think that's what kind of what's important and also no, probably a lot
0: mainly late, more lately with these more accessible um 6 to 10 packs mm. i'm more likely to buy one of those and then one or two of other format beers so that probably works in that that completely pretty nicely feels yeah. like
1: the, the future for for as a consumer going into a shop and buying a, a 6 to 10 pack of something cheap in a can or not cheap just but like, but you know, good in a can reliable yeah and then one or two Fun things, and then you power through your cans and then have something fun to finish the night on. That's and that's kind of where your range now is. is yeah, I saying. think so. Yeah,
3: and it would, doesn't mean we won't change it in the future. We've only just started it. You've yeah. set it on microphone now, you can't change it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes, and hopefully, it goes really well. Um, the liquid's really good. Now, uh, that's certainly matter what the glass looks like. if <laughs> – but you know, I, I really, I really back the the beers that we've got, you know, coming out, and um, Adrian's got the time to be able to make sure that the specialties that we're developing and putting out there are, are bang on. When you say the liquid is
0: good and that's what's important, it just does remind me of three years ago when we talked, and I think it was an off mic conversation. We're talking about cans. We we're talking about a particular barley wine in a can, and I to, you said to me just a vessel. Yeah. And I thought that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Yeah. What was the barley wine in the can we're talking I about? I think the one I was talking about was an English barley wine that Slobier got that I can't remember what it is. It wasn't the hot water one. Yeah, it's the only one I no, remember. No, no, no. Yeah. I can't think of what it was. Anyway, it was beside a, the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's, that's the truth though.
3: Mm. But there's conveniences that come with cans and there's aesthetics that come with bottles and there's all kinds of that relatively ancillary stuff that, you know, doesn't really mean that much unless it's a, a really great beer. It's when you crack it and you really enjoy it. Um,
1: and that's, you know, like some of my favourite beers only come in 750ml bottles and they're green, green bottles. And... Qingdao? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that come in 750s? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I, a sucker. Yeah. 330s, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Um, whereas, you know, 90% of craft breweries would say... A 750ml green yep. bottle is a sin for the beer, but, you know, it's kind of the liquid inside's good in it. And also they don't have many hops in them, so they don't get skunked. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> that ruins the metaphor, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned perverse sexual amalgam. That was probably one of
3: the early sour beers in Australia. Uh,
0: packaged at least, yep. Packaged,
3: yeah. yeah I can't remember too many. It was the, it was the first beer that we ever brewed. It wasn't the first beer we put out, but it was the first really? beer we ever brewed.
1: Have you brewed that recently? Where does that sit in your range?
3: I, mean, I guess for listeners, that's a dark We roughly don't plum want yeah, plum? A, a cherry. We, cherry. Yeah, it used to be cherry plum um, no, yeah. that we picked from my mum's garden. She used to stew. And that's we'd right. It yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
3: Remember um, one year that you didn't get to brew it because the birds got to the plums. The, the birds ate all the plums. What a good story.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't that
3: great a story at no, the time. I guess it's nice it was just no, I think I, I think I
1: used it on tw- Twitter. It was like, <laughs> yeah. this
3: is like – craft beer is this <laughs> <laughs> no um, that, 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 yeah, it's a really awesome beer it's um I, I think we'll probably we'll re-brew it maybe once every two years now um but it's, it's just a super cool beer and it's it's that's a beer that still really comfortably sits at the pointy end of anything that's happening these days so.
0: and i've it, still got a very old bottle of that sitting somewhere I'd be like keen to see how we do. it, Yeah, it, it, I, have I you had, had one, one.
3: I had one pretty recently. Absolutely banging. Really, oh, okay. yeah. Interesting. Just, a, just really, really sour, abrasive in its soundness. How um, it's your
0: it'd be the second batch is the one that I've got at the moment. How old is would that be? Now, do you think that it have to be four years old? Wow. Now, okay, four and a half years old. Because then I think the year after that you. M- didn't get brewed because of the bird incident, because of Birdgate, and then you brewed another one after that. So I've got those two that yeah. I might have together and just to see how they go side by side. They're, yeah. they're
3: they're cool beers. They're really cool beers.
0: Well, just speaking of side by side beers, maybe we should. We should oh, we're not going to do it on mic, I don't think. But yeah. um, one of the flagship of Moon has been Black Lung. How's have
3: you approached that, and what's the what, what does that look like now? It 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 looks exactly the same as it always did, which was. You get to around about April, and you're expecting kind of a July release. You need about three months of barrel aging, and you freak out and you go, "Fuck! What? What?
0: What barrels? <laughs>
3: what barrels can we get? What is Black Lung? Black Lung is a smoky stout. Um, it's a pretty big, bold. Uh, Was it? It's an oatmeal stout. It's got a heap of oats in it um, and it uses a big chunk, maybe 10%, 12% um, of the grist as um, heavily petered distiller's malt. Uh, and then it's aged in a different barrel every year um, for each different kind of iteration of it. Um, and I I just love it. I absolutely love that beer. Um, so it comes out every year? Every year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it comes out in July every year. Nice. Um.
0: Can you indulge me and take me back? The first time I remember Black Lung being used as a name, if I'm not mistaken, and I could well be, I believe it was an Imperial Porter brewed with chilies for your Good Beer Week where you released several different beers across different venues in the first Good Beer Week? It's it's
3: close. But Black Lung was absolutely um, released for the first time in that Good Beer Week. Right. And it was put on at Josie Bones.
0: Oh, right. well, whatever the tap but house, the, the tap was, house was had the, the cocksop and bull n- knocking, nice chipotle stout, and
3: that was mag and yeah, yeah. I'd love to do something more with chipotle. Oh, I don't think I could drink a
1: chipotle stout in 2017. I could have like that much. And no, be this was, was weird. Where like
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'd love it. Yeah, but I guess maybe that was five years ago, and my like, taste <laughs> buds have evolved a little bit. I guess, yeah. It's,
3: I don't know. It's just it's 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 one of those beers that's kind of stood the test of time, and it, it people still get really excited by it. And we get really excited by it. And so it's, it's
0: the thirty first of March that puts us right in the. Um,
3: that puts us into brewing area. area. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, what absolutely. Barrels? Do we use? Yep. Do you know what you are going to use yet? Nope, no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many barrels do you have currently? Oh, we don't have very many right now. Um, where you are sitting is we'll have a container coming reasonably soon of various barrels um, from around the world. So that entire wall there should hold around about a hundred barrels. Wow, where um, are you sourcing them from? There's a company called Rocky Mountain Barrel Company um, in the states, and they're just kind of a barrel aggregator, if that's a thing. Okay. Um, and we know <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 find a heap of cool barrels from around the place. So do you know what you're going to get yet? No, I oh don't know fine, yet. yeah. I okay. think we'll be putting the order in the next kind of couple of weeks. So and it's just kind of a matter of filling them with stuff. And so sitting on them, and this was a different. Be, it's not massively it's chat. Remember when we yeah. had a the about barrels?
0: Wasn't it? You yeah, just get barrels and fill it with stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, We, had, I we, think we spoke to Costa about and barrels, yeah, and okay. he, he <laughs> went
1: into um, <laughs> in particular regions of France and particular cooper's cooperages in France and, and that kind of um, minutia of of that kind of thing. Um, so how do you know? Do you do do you know that much about barrels in terms of that
3: thing, or are you just? I certainly, I certainly don't because no, that's
1: like a that's a you know a whole level above anyone to ever discuss barrels with, and yeah, it's think, it's, um, it's
3: certainly not something that I I'm, I know anything about. Um, but I, I I have no doubt that Carl and Adrian and Adam and Claire and the rest of the team know a hell of a lot more than I do. So yeah. I'm not going to say something that I don't know about. And that's
1: but, I think that's why. I've been thinking a lot about craft beer and the CBIA um, thing was here last night about the diff- – were, were you here last night? No, we are actually at um, Tallboy Tall and Moose, and Moose yeah. holding them up from not being here. They wanted to be here as well. Yeah. But we. <laughs> um, but the for me, I've been thinking about it a lot with, you know, Lion pulling out of the, the cold craft beer thing and the, the definitions changing. For me it's just about diversity and the big brands have been – Not bringing diversity to the market, and the CBA, for example, wants to bring diversity. And and when you talk about you know barrels at the different level of how Costa talks about barrels, that's you know, you guys approach beer so differently, and I love both brands for different reasons. And that's why craft beer is so interesting. It's you get people like yourself, you get people like Costa making different beer that's fun, yeah,
3: Mm, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? I, I don't know. I don't know much about that debate. No, I, I, that wasn't no, a question. That no, no, was more no, no. of just a, a thought that I've been. It's, kicking it's around. a really good thought. It's I'm going to have a little bit of it as well.
0: Um, what is
3: lined up, Good Beer
0: Week wise for Moon Dog? We're um,
3: we've got some cool stuff happening at the brewery. Um, for the first time, we've got uh, Abbey Kalabi here, uh, which is you know, historically a. A Very um,
0: establishment almost, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty special thing. It's, um, um, for new listeners, what's Abbey Clubby?
3: Abbey Calabi is a beer that we brew each year and have done since 2011 uh, during uh, to be launched in Good Beer Week. And it's a collaboration brew between us, um, Mountain Goat and CUV, being Abbotsford, Richmond kind of breweries. Um, and it's it's a, it's a charity beer essentially, and all the proceeds. From the charity. I always enjoyed
0: yeah. Abbotsford, Collabetsford more than Abbey Collabbey, just for the record. Abbotsford, Collabetsford? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. It's
3: so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so all the proceeds from the beer go to um, the Collingwood Children's Farm. Awesome. Yeah. It's a great course, yeah. Yeah. The more um, children we have, and the In better. the, uh,
0: in the uh, years gone by, the event has also um, showcased some of the previous Abbey mm. Do you Can you... Mention any that are going to be around this time?
3: I've got absolutely no okay. idea. <laughs> no. Who looks after them? Does Mountain Goat look after them because it's always brewed there, isn't it? Um, no, it's brewed at different places oh, okay. each, each year. We're brewing it this year. Yeah, um, last year was at Mountain Goat. I assume that we'll probably have a, bar- uh, a barrel, a keg of um, a few different ones. Pro- at least last year's. I don't yeah, know. Okay. Um, what, what was it last year? I can't even remember. I it was know. a Schwarzbier with um, black currant, I, I believe. Hmm. Was, it was pretty
0: cool. That's been like an interesting one to taste again. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. I really like the dynamic now, particularly with Mountain Goat being owned by Asahi, CB, Asahi, and and you guys.
3: It's it's very humorous, and it's awesome. And um, I don't know. Yeah, we, we we we're going to be brewing with Ian and Dave from Goat and. Uh, Scott from CUB, and they're people that we've spent a hell of a lot of time with, and get along exceptionally well with, and always have. Um, so it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's it's not a commercial venture. It's it's an exercise in enjoying ourselves, having having a, having a laugh, making something that's pretty delicious, and um, yeah, giving money to the Collingwood Children's Farm to fund the uh, purchase of more animals, I guess. What a good cause. We're going to have a petting zoo that night as well. Are you really? Yeah, we are. Okay, now I'm in. Sorry. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what night was this? This <laughs> is so the Wednesday would be a Week. We've got um, Abbey Kalabbey and it's, we're going to have a petting zoo. Sammy, who's um, our head of hospitality, who's standing right next to us right now, I think the idea has been thrown out there of a, um, a spit roast next to the Petting Zoo, which is <laughs> maybe pushing it a little bit too far. It's on the nose a bit too much. <laughs> that is so enjoyable though. Yeah. <laughs> no. What else is on Good Beer Week? We're doing an event with Meatsmith. Um, with who? Meatsmith. Meatsmith. Who are Meatsmiths? I had some cured beef, some Meatsmith cured beef the other day.
1: Oh, no, sorry. That's a different place. I'm thinking of... Give me a shout out. Do it.
3: Hang on. Who are Meatsmith again? Meatsmith is a place on Smith Street. Yeah, I had their cured beef. Delicious. Yeah. Oh, really? So, oh, life-changingly good. So they're coming It's not really an event. I don't know.
1: It's okay. delicious. It's yeah. just, I wish I was eating that every day. It was like, you know, prosciutto-style beef kind yeah. of
3: thing. Um, what's, it's, 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 uh, it's a masterclass in learning how to make, I think, sausages. Oh, yeah. See that cured, one? Cured, some kind of cured sausage or something-something sausage. Mm. But then at the end With of the event, you also get
0: a kit- if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, to make up yeah. like a, like
3: a, a beer-infused
0: salami or something like that. I don't know. It
3: sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it yeah, does.
0: Yeah. I was talking <laughs> with my girlfriend about um, events we could go to and that one came up anyway. And We're talking about the cost viability of it. And then we're mm-hmm. like, oh, but at the end you get your own stuff to make your own, this is perfect. Yeah. So we might be along to that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the is that, that,
3: is, that meets, uh, is that at meets is that at MeetSmith or is it it's here? here? So it's a Meatsmith event, but they're using, using this yeah okay. Fair site. For I that like one.
1: that. I, I like that. Another a non beer thing is going into a brewery for Good Beer Week. Like I think it's pretty. It's, it's pretty a reverse of how it works, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. I just, I, I, I'm really excited by it. It's yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a good one. I think it's actually being done on the production brewery floor, not on the floor. You know, you wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> not when you're making food. Uh, yeah. yeah. Small goods. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it's actually inside the production brewery, which will be very cool. Um, what else have we got on? Uh, a heap of things, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> if you go to
1: goodbeerweek.com and search Moondog, I'm sure you're going to find one word or two words is Moondog.
3: Uh, it's two words. Okay. That's definitely two. I always get that Sometimes wrong. it's seen as one Yeah, around the place, but that's okay. We're pretty relaxed about most things. <laughs> Try not to <laughs> get too worried about. Uh, we we're on the
0: topic of that particular week. Gabs,
3: yep. I assume you're submitting a beer for the festival? We are. We've got an incredibly large Belgian ale that's going into it. What does incredibly large mean? I, I think Adrian said something around the 18% okay. it right.
0: oh, sounds like Muno to me. Okay. I've seen larger. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Me too. <laughs> wow.
3: um, but that, that'll be fun. It's um it's, a, it's always an amazing event there's lots of cool beer it's, yeah are you still enjoying being a moon dogman. i absolutely fucking love it i'm completely pooped but i think that's my baby's fault um but no it's it's fantastic and it's it's changing it's evolving and i'm changing and learning stuff and it's i don't know it's 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 a real pleasure and it's it's just the beginning you know we're just we're really just starting out now but i think you're still like maintaining
0: your fun uh, your fun angle but you're also growing a really really strong brewery brand
3: behind that i think it's really exciting for you guys we're really
0: trying and yeah.
3: uh, we've we we're, we're working immensely hard to make sure that the beers that are coming out are absolutely you know world-class to the extent that we possibly can. Um, you know, we're, we're this is probably a late
0: juncture to bring this sort of content up, but um, you were featured in the article about the um, brewery, maybe I think exploitation is probably a hard word, but that Kerry pride put yep. together. Um, I think the only named brewery of that whole uh, article was Moondog, I think, because of your incredibly positive practices. Did you get any reaction to that from that article? We didn't get any reaction,
3: but it's, um, I don't know, there's a lot of breweries that do exactly what we do, which Mm is respect their employees, you know, see the people that work with us as kind of fundamental to everything that we do. Um, You know, it's, there's nothing that we're doing that's amazing. We're just by and large following the law and making sure that we, we look after ourselves. I, don't know it's, it, it, I, th- I think it's just a mindset thing. We, 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 we really care about the people that work with us and probably the, the most satisfying thing that for me personally about Moondog is that we now have 20-something people that, you know, are working with us and that we, you, we provide their income and allow them to feed their families and pay their mortgages and go on holidays and all that kind of cool stuff. And I think that's really awesome. It's um, it's really satisfying that that's kind of a thing now. Um, yeah.
0: Thank you for joining us. Yeah, on that good note, how do people keep in touch with all things Moondog?
3: Uh. At this stage, I wouldn't necessarily point people towards www.moondogbrewing.com.au. Sure. It's been it. the same for like two or three years. We're doing the best that we can. I think there's uh, a <laughs> – um,
0: is, 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 is there still a link that says what's in the tank now and it's probably skunk work or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we've just got
3: we've just, got it's a, just a static page. Yeah, it is yeah. a static page. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, look, it's um, it's about different, different focuses at the different points in time. Um, you know, Facebook's a great spot for – uh, yeah, Mundo Craft, Craft Brewery on Facebook, uh, Instagram, the odd retweet. Mm, the old RT. <laughs> yeah. There's RTs going on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I I guess I'd just say if, if people can come down to the brewery bar, it's probably the place where you'll get a best sense of what this is yeah, all about. it was like. Uh, Wednesday to Sunday from 4pm till 11pm uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and then midday till 11pm on Saturday, midday till 8pm on Sunday. Still
0: getting that free popcorn? Yep. All right. It's good. What more do you want? Yeah. Josh, thank you so
3: much. Thank you very much for your time.
1: So I left Moondog very drunk. Yep.
0: As did I. I don't remember you leaving. No, well, I had a very, very quick. Uh, Uber pickup. up. Like yeah, oh that's two, right. Yeah. It, it was there. So I had to um, shuffle off very, very quickly. But did you miss the tequila shops? I think I missed – I was there when they were poured. Okay. But then I had to make a quick exit. I was there for at least two te- tequila shops. Yeah, right. Uh, that's a t- uh, It's a typical sort of progression with Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a fantastic – it was really – Great hospitality. Yeah, kind. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a great chat. Yeah. Josh is always great and we appreciate him uh, giving us some
1: of his time. Shall we get a recommendation? Love to. What do you got for me, Dave?
0: Non-bier? What do you want to start Let's with? Let's go non-beer. All right, I know this one's close to your heart, mm. um, but what is it now, the middle of April? Yeah. All right, so we're starting to see some uh, temperatures in the morning and evening getting down pretty low. It's not winter yet. Just a chill. Just a chill. Use this time to prepare for winter mm. and winter properly. I'm sick of hearing about people complaining about how cold it is when they come up to me and they take off their light jacket and they go, geez, cold, isn't it? Yeah. Winter properly. Yeah. Get yourself a beanie, get yourself a scarf, yeah. get yourself some gloves and don't complain to me. Just winter properly. Have I made that like,
1: Complain about people complaining about winter in Melbourne and then they're uh, I think, not wearing layers. I
0: think you and most Kiwis have,
1: yeah. have like at get, some stage. Get some fucking layers. Yeah. Layers. Like t shirt, hoodie, jacket is my default layer layer combo. People are
0: pumping around a t shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's freezing. Yep. Good one, Dave. I like okay. that. Okay. And I'm just giving you some time to prepare. You yeah, can't yeah. if you haven't got the stuff, you can't just go out. I mean, maybe you can. I don't know if you're one of those rich guys that's got heaps of money. Yeah. But if you need to plan it, I've given you adequate time.
1: I was listening to another podcast, the Hannibal Burris podcast, and they were talking about wearing jackets and winter winter clothes and it's the best way to, to flex in hip-hop speak and, and to show oh, off. That mean- oh, right. Uh, okay. You know, you can't show off in summertime because you're wearing shorts and a T-shirt. You've only got to show off you. You've got to work on right. you. time, you can really max yourself out into a nice jacket, a nice thing underneath, a nice hat, you can really, you can flex. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, can you flex I on? didn't know what that
0: terminology was, but I agree with the philosophy behind it though. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I man. look great in winter. So yeah. I'm oh, yeah. Not totally. Cool. Saying, yeah. I was going to say totally
1: about me, but I sounded like I'm saying about you.
0: Yeah, no, uh, But hey, I understand it. I'm cool with it. What's your non-beer?
1: Uh, I'm going to recommend 13th. What is 13th? 13th. I think it won an Oscar, or it might have been nominated for an Oscar, to Netflix produced documentary about the crime and prison system in the US, uh, particularly about uh, black people and how the the societal societal uh, causes leading to, to the high population and prison rates and also the, the government and, and how it's all sort of played out for the high population of black people in prison. It's amazing and really interesting and, and makes you think about how people are treated and how, I guess, black people in the US are treated differently and, and probably, uh, you know, in New Zealand and, and Australia as well, Indigenous people in both country countries are probably treated very similarly. Fascinating, so well put together, so well. Um, it's just, a, it's amazing. I, I've watched it once and I think I'm probably going to go back and watch it again and just kind of take it in. I'm a huge fan of prison stuff. I like watching television shows about prisons, books about prison. I don't know, and that's kind of brought that into In your perspective. New wheelhouse, and it was a good. One. It brought into perspective. Um, it made the trashy prison things more serious.
0: Sure, uh, yeah, of course, yeah, really. Oh, So you like prison trash?
1: Oh, like you know, Oz, for example. Yeah. Okay. Um, I enjoy oranges and you black at times. My girlfriend really likes it. I you know up and down on that one. I'm reading a pretty trashy book at the moment about like a a, a guy who went to jail when he was a white-collar crimp kind of a thing. And that's interesting. You know, Ingenuity. Like that. They're so uh, they're making yeah.
0: booze and Iron um, shanks. Um, I oh, that. absolutely. I always was a fan uh, – it was probably 10 years ago now when it came out, but um, I loved the Enron documentary that came out. And uh, I had a weird like um, empathy for the crooks because they were – Amazing. Yeah. Like it was criminal behavior that like ruined lots of lives, but they nailed it though. They were very smart and very cunning. I mean, it's not, I, mean, it's not, I don't feel good about it, but I did have like an appreciation and awe for how how it was uh, operated.
1: Yeah. It a, uh, yeah. Anyway, 13th,
0: stunning, Netflix. really good.
1: Yeah. Even if you're not in the mood for a serious doco, it'll get you in straight right. away. Right. It's really, really well done.
0: Give me some beer, Dave. Love to. Um, on brand, you just heard about. Uh, I can't remember if we mentioned it on air, but we might may have. Jukebox Hero. Oh yeah, tasted better than I've ever had it. Apparently, that particular. Uh, apparently, in the last year or so, they've really dialed it in to what we're more about IPA wise. I always found it a little bit too sweet, and not, I mean, as plenty of IPAs are, but uh, it wasn't my favourite. Uh, and apparently, they'd changed the recipe and. Brought it sort of more aligned to what we like. Mentioned to Josh how much I did enjoy it. He said this, is actually, this one is actually not quite as, this isn't really up to what we've been doing lately. So um, keep your eyes peeled for draft. It's only on draft now. But I really, really enjoyed uh, the Jukebox Hero during the chat and during the day. I really
1: like the strategy that they're taking, same as Mount & Go to taking, uh, and its IPAs are going to be draft or special release only. No core because it's gonna sit on the shelf, and I think that's, I I, it's great. That's how IPAs should be, uh, you know, quick, small run, fresh. So yeah, a lot of I admire people that are doing that. Beer. My beer one is good. Beer week is coming up, and probably other beer weeks around Australia. Um, Go to a free event. I like free events. Uh, You don't have to stress about you know, sitting there at dinner or a a pairing or tickets or am I going to get my money's worth? That's a big one. You're going to go and taste some beers. You know what you're going to get because you're going to pay for exactly what you get and you're going to be there with like-minded people. I will give a plug now. Ooh, Uh, nepotism. So Saturday for Good Beer Week, I'm hosting a free event. Maybe it's coincidence. I don't know. Um, It's called Old Versus New and it's just going to be, probably if you know anyone that's not sure about beer and wants to learn more, it's probably a good one. Uh, And we're also doing a marketing talk with some with a guy from Colonial, Danielle from Two Birds, another social media guy. If you're interested in branding and marketing, if you run a brewery or work for a brewery or you run a bar. You probably
0: get some pretty good nuggets just for business. uh, Yeah, business in general.
1: Uh, We've got absolute guns on the panel. Um, you've got to reserve your spot for that one. I think the Firestone Walker one I'm hosting is sold out, so too bad if you missed out. I'm not sure about Ken Grossman from Sierra Nevada. I think it's Wednesday at 5.30, but these are all free. These are free things you can do. Yeah, and uh, good
0: beer weeks full of them. So Yeah, anyway. yeah there are so
1: many. Tap take, like when I get some spare time, I'll just be heading to my nearest tap takeover. Yeah. And it might, I don't
0: know what the sort of damage. I mean, I probably do quick freight for a good beer week, but I'm pretty keen to check out the Portland.
1: Yeah, at Catfish, you got some brakeside, You got some. Um, oh, Breakside do a
0: delicious spice beer that I really like. Really? Well, it's just it's it's breweries that you don't see. Yeah, but you know it's a hotbed of activity though. So and Commons. Did we
1: mention Commons in the last episode? No. Uh, maybe, we, maybe with maybe off mic I think we did. Off
0: mic or on mic? I can't remember. Anyway, I think, col- I think it was on mic. Yeah.
1: If you can get some commons beers into you, then you are doing well for Good Beer Week. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet?
0: At uh, Melb Dave on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can, as Corey Cooper did, and I appreciate it, send me an email at davidalvertime.com. Send us your news. I'd like to know one other thing. Hmm. Does anyone follow our recommendations? I, th- I know a couple people do on Twitter. Right. But I would like to I'd to love know- to know more, more about that. <laughs> the if- most successful one. Even if you hate one, yeah, I'd love love some feedback on some recommendations. Luke recommended some hip-hop and it was fucking garbage. uh, Or anything, anything. I'd love to hear hear it. Send us an email, send us a tweet. Uh, Give us a bit of recommendation feedback. Where do we find you? Uh, At Ale of a Time
1: everywhere. And yeah, I think that's it. Luke at Aleofatime.com. Rate us on iTunes. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks, buddy.